Hey, Love Tribe, get excited for another great episode with Chase and our special guest. But before we start, I wanted to remind you about our amazing and free 14-day happy couple challenge. I don't know about you, but with the upcoming holidays, I'm feeling this hectic energy and I'm craving some grounding, fun, and meaningful connection with my partner. So whether you've been with your partner for many years and you're needing to mix things up or you're a newly coupled and you're looking to dive in to learn more about each other, the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge is perfect for anyone wanting to deepen their relationship and have fun while doing it. So head on over to our website to sign up. You can start connecting deeper physically and emotionally today over at idopodcast.com slash 14 with our simple, easy, and doable daily challenges arriving straight into your inbox daily. This free 14-Day Challenge will help you break the old habits and build new engaging habits that will push you to create a deeper intimacy with your partner. Sign up today for free for the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge to start strengthening and improving your relationship today. Head on over to idopodcast.com slash 14. That's idopodcast.com slash 14 to sign up for our free challenge today. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. I do podcast episode 48. Welcome to IDoPodcast.com, where fun and inspiring relationship experts, therapists, and couples share tips and advice that will help lead you to a fulfilling and happy relationship. Let their guidance illuminate your path to happiness. Are you ready to create lasting love? And now, your hosts, Chase and Sarah. Do you have a topic that you'd like to hear more about or a relationship question you'd like answered? Email us at info at idopodcast.com and we'll be sure to add it to one of our upcoming episodes. Hello, everyone. We're excited to introduce our guest today, Darlene Lancer. Hi, Darlene. Hi there. Thank you very much for asking me to be on your show. Thank you for coming on. We're excited to have you. Darlene Lancer is a licensed marriage and family therapist and expert on relationships and codependency. She's the author of two books, Codependency for Dummies and Conquering Shame and Codependency, Eight Steps to Freeing the True You. Darlene has counseled individuals and couples for 25 years and coaches internationally. She's a sought-after speaker to national audiences on radio and to professional groups and institutions. Her articles appear in professional journals and many online mental health websites. We've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Well, um, I used to be an attorney, and that wasn't satisfying to me, and eventually I went back to school and remembered that I always wanted to be a psychologist. So 
I got my master's, changed careers, midlife, and I've been working with individuals and couples for actually 27 years. And I just felt it was so rewarding. I remember telling the dean when I entered graduate school, it was like taking heart vitamins. (laughs) So I always interested in helping people have more intimacy and better relationships. It's a passion of mine as well as helping people, especially women, have more autonomy. And interestingly, I think, or maybe paradoxically, that you can't have a really healthy, thriving relationship unless you are autonomous. So it's a really paradox. The more of an individual you are, the better your relationship will be. Well, that's very interesting, and I think we're going to be able to give us and our listeners some heart vitamins here on our show today. (laughs) Well, our topic is breaking up and trying to determine if you should leave or if you can change, find the change you want. We came across an article that you wrote, and it was very insightful, a lot of great information. And the first step that you mention in determining whether you should leave or if you can get that change is to make an inventory um, and assess your needs and and your priorities. So do you mind going over that a little bit for our audience, what you mean by that? Well, a lot of people will take their inventory of their partner. (laughs) It's like, what is wrong with their partner? And they, particularly codependents, which majority of people really are codependent. They may not know it. But they don't focus. One of the reasons they're unhappy is because they don't focus on their needs. They usually can't even identify them. And then they don't know how to fulfill them. They expect their partner to make them happy. And maybe it's because their partner isn't spending enough time with them or they don't feel um, important or there could be a multitude of different needs in different areas from everything to uh, mental stimulation to exercise to uh, friendship, uh, inspiration, creativity. There's so many different needs. I list maybe 40 or 50 of them in my book. Uh, codependency for dummies, and especially emotional needs, um, depending on how well they were met in childhood, and most people have some deficits there, Um, they may not know what they are, and then even if they do, they have trouble asking for them. Instead, they have expectations that their partner will meet their needs, and they're, you know, it's different. How everybody feels loved is different. So it might be important to one person that her partner, um, you know, kiss her every night before they go to bed, and he has no idea that this is important to her. Or uh, I've had couples where I ask them to make their rules that they think the other one make a list of what you think your other your partner's rules are. For instance, around sex. And it's like so eye-opening because they have misconceptions about what their partner wants, what their partner needs, how frequently they want sex, when and where they do, you know, and they never talk about these things. They just have assumptions. So a lot of needs that we can get met on our own by having 
a wider support system. We can't expect our partner to meet all of our needs. Uh, having interests and hobbies, bringing new things to the relationship. Actually, uh, research has shown, surprisingly, that the happiest couples are two people who appreciate novelty. So they're always bringing something new and interesting to the relationship. They're always learning. I think it's so important to assess your needs and then to to realize that the other partner is not reading your mind. So you mentioned writing them down and communicating those needs. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. And a lot of problems happen. I hear people all this time, it's particularly women, I think, that say, well, if I have to tell him, it doesn't count. So it puts their partner in a double bind because then he's trying to make her happy, but she doesn't appreciate it. Well, you should have known. Well, he's not going to be able to read her mind. And the reason uh, people do this, this mind reading thing, is because they have too much shame about actually asking for what they want. Maybe they were turned down or ignored as a child. So it's really difficult for codependents to express, to even know what they are or express their needs when it particularly involves somebody else fulfilling them versus, you know, going to the doctor, getting your teeth clean, things like that. Some people have trouble with that, but it's particularly the emotional needs that people have trouble expressing. They might even feel that it's humiliating to ask to be held or to ask for more love. It's important to try to recognize that and get over those things with your partner. Right, and then sometimes if you feel like you're not getting enough of that, uh, what you want may be different than your partner's comfort zone. So so how else can you get those needs met? Because a lot of times if we do something that we really enjoy, something creative, uh, you know, either athletically or, or socially or learning something new, we have less, less expectations of our partner. And that's what I meant about being more autonomous. So we don't always look to our partner to fill all of our needs. Uh, it puts less demands and less pressure. And oftentimes um, when one partner feels there's an expectation on them, they hear it as a demand, and then they resist, and they they're less likely to give willingly when they feel like there's expectations or demands on them. Well, another interesting point that you brought up in your article when assessing your relationship is to consider which needs are your responsibility to yourself and not your partner's obligation to fill for you. And we we mentioned this a little bit already. Yes. Yes, precisely. And sometimes it's, you know, your partner isn't responsible for making you happy. That's number one. Right, absolutely. And and understanding that and knowing that and making sure that you're happy with yourself uh-huh. um, before the relationship. So, it's... And, you know, sometimes like I might see a couple where one is going through a really tough time. Maybe they uh, lost a sibling or... Um, a job loss or something like that, and their partner isn't really, they might be good at a lot of things, but they maybe they're not very good at uh, nurturing. Mm-hmm. And so 
the partner going through is having an expectation of being nurtured by their partner. So, mm-hmm. and then they can feel very hurt that their partner doesn't care, but it may just be that their partner doesn't know what to do. Right. A lot of times people feel like, well, I want to fix the problem, and if I can't fix fix it, I just get frustrated, so I don't know how to help you. So you can get, you know, have that need filled with a grief group, with seeing a therapist, rather than accepting your partner, your partner's limitations, and how else can I get that need met, rather than saying it equals he or she doesn't love me. Right. Oh, absolutely. That's great, great tips for our listeners. And another note is that you can be stressed because of work and or work causing depression, for example, and that because of that, that can cause the relationship to suffer as well. Yes, exactly. Do you have any any advice for people who are possibly dealing with high stress at work and how to not let that affect the relationship? Well, it means that they have to take some time, and that's another example of where they can't really ex- expect the relationship to fix it. That's their own responsibility to maybe set limits with their boss, mm-hmm. um, you know, or whoever they're reporting to. That, for instance, that they don't take nowadays. I know of people they get text or you know cell phone calls, and, you know, eleven o'clock at night or two in the morning, you know, to set some boundaries. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, even myself, when I practiced law, I had young children, and I just said, you know, I'm going to have to leave work early. Well, they didn't like it, but uh, they didn't fire me, and so I set some boundaries. I wasn't willing to work weekends, and some other people were. Um, uh, the other thing is getting exercise, maybe learning some mindfulness or meditation or martial art, tai chi or martial arts something to center yourself, um, to balance out the work, and then you can be more present for your partner or your children. Absolutely. That's important. Uh, If you're fully invested in a relationship and there's a lot of things going on, sometimes it can help to to step away and and involve yourself in some other things and, and will actually help you dedicate more energy to the relationship. I have a tip I can share on that uh, that subject is that when I was practicing law and I had young children at home, I would, before I actually went into my home, I would pull over and meditate for 10 or 15 minutes in my car. Perfect. So I had a break because I knew as soon as I walked in the door, my kids would be <laughs> clamoring for attention. And, and fighting, you know, between each other for my attention. It probably helped you center your being and and be ready to put your full attention now on your kids and let go of your your past work day for for that time. Exactly. Another important thing you mentioned when assessing a relationship is to really pay attention to exactly how your insides feel around your partner. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Right. Um, I think for a lot of people, they, you know, this is something that codependents do, but it's, it's very common. You're focusing on what your 
partner is saying uh, and ready to react to that rather than going inside and noticing what you're feeling and then being able to respond from that place, which would make for responding rather than reacting. And most conflicts start because people are reacting. Yep. And unable to be assertive because they don't really know what they're feeling or can't express it. And, you know, for instance, I once had a, uh, a fr- someone that befriended me, a woman, and she kept inviting me to do all kinds of things and tickets, free tickets here and there. And she, and the appearance seemed like very nice and she wanted to be my friend. But whenever I was with her, I just felt drained and more depressed. (laughs) And I eventually had to break off the relationship because it, I didn't feel good around her, even though on the surface it looked like she's being so nice. So that's important to know. One thing you can ask yourself is, does your relationship feed you or drain you? You can, during that same time, asking yourself whether it feeds you or drains you. It's also a good time to have that honest conversation with your partner to find out you know, what is missing in that relationship for you. Right. And also, another thing, if you feel afraid around your partner or you're on eggshells, that's a really... Uh, you know, alert to you that something is wrong, that you might be being verbally or emotionally abused because the primary thing is that you feel safe. Yeah, it's so important in a relationship. And it, and it's really simplistic what we're talking about these last few points is just to examine how you feel and how your partner makes you feel. But especially in today's world of, of work and and if you have kids and everything busy life, it's hard to really step back and and take that uh, examination, but it can be so valuable to improving your relationship. Yes. That's why it's also important to have some alone time. Yeah. To step back and make that assessment. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that sometimes you won't be able to define what's wrong or what's missing what would you recommend for someone that is not feeling good in a relationship but cannot exactly define what is missing? Well, if you have a conversation that's honest with your partner and it still doesn't seem to go anywhere, then I would suggest getting some counseling. But often just saying, you know, I feel like we're not connecting, I feel something's missing. Just that honesty and authenticity in the moment and being vulnerable can bring a couple closer. There's another blog on my website called Your Intimacy Index, Mm -hmm. and I list uh, a number of ingredients that are necessary for intimacy and like how you can have more intimacy. So just saying where you're at is the first step. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. We'll definitely have a link to that intimacy index on your show notes page because that'll be really helpful for us to take a look at as well as our listeners. Another blog that um, that people will like is um, the Relationship Duet. And I talk about 
the dynamics, and I explore it in much more depth in my current book on conquering shame and codependency, but the dance that pursuers and distancers do. So one person typically wants more closeness, more time together, or more dates if they're just dating, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to see more of the other person. And uh, the other partner is setting boundaries, is withdrawing, has more involved with work or friends or on the computer, these kinds of things. And so there's this dance that couples do. And that's one of the primary things that couples complain about or argue about. It's like, how close are we going to be? Does that, if if a couple's like that, where they're in different, um, you know, different boats, different areas in their lives, does that mean that they're not compatible, or is there a way to fix that to come together so that they're a little bit more closer on agreement of how the relationship is? Well, usually in that case, each one thinks that the other is the problem, <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, there's a reason for that because. They both have some fears of intimacy, but they're coming. That's why there's there's always an unspoken agreement about how much intimacy you have. I mean, even sometimes where one partner isn't getting, I won't say this is true in every case, but some cases one partner complains that they're not having enough sex. So if the other partner starts saying, okay, yes, the partner that was complaining often now has excuses why they don't want sex. So there's this unspoken uh, contract as to how close we're going to be. So a person who is a distancer usually has some fear of losing their autonomy, uh, afraid of intimacy, where the pursuer is afraid of loneliness and emptiness. They're afraid of separation. Um, underneath, they both really fear rejection. But the distancer has unconscious intimacy needs that they're not aware of, and the pursuer is not aware of their needs for autonomy. But they're all embodied and acted out in their partner. So in other words, the distancer allows the partner the pursuer to have more independence and time alone. And the pursuer provides the distancers with emotional connection and feelings that they're not so aware of. So it's almost like two halves make a whole. Right. And to overcome that, they have to get in touch with their own unconscious needs and learn how to fill them and learn how to, the pursuer has to learn how to be more separate and autonomous, and the distancer has to learn to get in touch with and express feelings and be aware of their needs for intimacy. Well, that's great information. So helpful. And, and we'll definitely have those two links to those blogs that you mentioned uh, on our on your show notes page on our website. So thank you for that. What do you find is the most common reason couples will struggle in their relationship? Well, I think they most commonly... Uh, argue over this issue about how much intimacy they're going to have. That's what, it's like a struggle for intimacy. 
I think that's the underlying thing. It, it can be cloaked in, um, you know, are we going to go see your parents again versus time alone, things like that. Or so one is setting limits and the other wants more togetherness. That's one of the main things. People complain a lot that they're not, sometimes they don't feel loved by their partner. So that often is an issue too. Uh, underneath that, it's their own, usually their own feelings of low self-esteem or shame that are getting triggered. So they take things, everything personally. Now we are going into the his and her round where Sarah and I each ask a question that's on our minds. Sarah's up first. Okay, well, my question has to do with understanding that you are responsible for your own happiness first, that your partner can't fill that for you. So if that if if there's a person who is in a relationship and and potentially there's issues because maybe they are looking for their partner to fill some void that they have with themselves internally, would you have any advice for that person to maybe bring some I don't want to say self-awareness, but bring how to realize what they are missing in their in themselves and their relationship with themselves so that they can improve their relationship with their partner? That's a really good question. Um, first of all, assessing like what interests or hobbies you have. Do you have friends that you can confide in? Mm-hmm. Doing things with friends. You might remember what you did as a child that really excited you, whether it was uh, drawing or hiking or collecting stamps, you know, fishing, I don't know, whatever it was. Sometimes as a child, things that you like to play, pastimes, take a class, develop outside interests and friends that really fulfill you. Well, that's, yeah, that's a, definitely a, a great point to start in your life to kind of step back and see and think of the little things that made you happy at one time and try to put them into your, your life now. Right. And along with the subject of breaking up, you know, sometimes people are in a relationship that's abusive or with an addict. And so there's a lot of problems, but by Detaching from the other person's behavior and not reacting to it and then building a life that brings them excitement and support and pleasure, they are then in a better position to decide whether they want to stay or leave. There may be reasons why they're staying, financial or children or, or they're just too afraid to leave. But once they start getting happy, um, that might help them make the decision rather than being afraid they're just going to be so lonely and unhappy if they leave. That's usually why people stay in unhappy relationships is they're afraid of being alone. That's a great point that also kind of leads into my question. Uh, We talked about a lot of the things to consider and assess when you're trying to decide if if you should break up or or save uh, 
the relationship. Is there any one sort of red flag that sticks out more than than the other things that we talked about that someone can really be aware of uh, when assessing their relationship? Well, I would say abuse. You know, whether um, most people are not aware of verbal abuse, but certainly physical abuse, sexual abuse, and uh, I have a blog on verbal abuse. So any type of chronic undermining and criticism, um, blaming, devaluing, name-calling, ordering, manipulating, there's you know, a whole list of different kinds of abuse that I list, both in my book and on my blog. So those are things that you can confront, and sometimes the abuser will stop and the relationship will improve. When you start setting boundaries and start valuing yourself by learning to be assertive, uh, other times it won't. So it may be some steps to go through to find out whether the relationship is salvageable. Now it's time for our favorite part of the interview, the lasting love round. We'll ask you a series of questions, and you'll respond with great information to help set the foundation for a lasting relationship. We love it. Our listeners love it. So, Darlene, are you ready to help us build lasting love? Certainly. What's one thing couples can do on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? Well, I would say tell your partner one thing, at least one thing every day that you appreciate about them. And one thing that you appreciate about them in the relationship or their contribution to the relationship. So positive reinforcement is much more powerful than saying what you don't like and you never do this. People want to know what they're doing right. And then they are more inclined to do more of that and be appreciated. Well, that's great. We'll, we'll start that today. <laughs> Is there a book or resource you can recommend for couples? Well, I think that building your own self-esteem is primary for a happy relationship. A lot of times people take things personally and react negatively because they have shame underneath within themselves and also they're self-critical of themselves. So they can't receive love, they don't feel worthy of it, or they think their partner's criticizing them when they're not, or they are critical of their partner because they're also critical of themselves. So my book on shame, I think shame is love's silent killer. It's a chapter, title of chapter six of my book, and actually I wanted to title the book that. Uh, it's all about how shame undermines relationships, and I have a little ebook. Uh, that you can get on my through my website or on Amazon or Smashwords called 10 Steps to Self-Esteem, The Ultimate Guide to Stop Self-Criticism. So I think working on your, improving your self-esteem and healing your shame are the fundamental things that can make you not only a better partner, but a better parent and happier in your life. 
Well, great. Well, thank you for those two recommendations. We'll have those two books listed on your show notes page on our website at idopodcast.com. And our listeners know to go there to find your awesome recommendations. So thank you for those two books. You're welcome. We're getting married this year. Is there any advice you would give engaged couples or newlyweds? Yes. I see a number of people that are thinking about getting married or that are engaged. And I think it's very important that each are able to honestly verbalize their fears and talk about their fears. Because if they don't, they they keep them hidden and, you know, they act out in certain ways rather than talking about it. If you could give just one single piece of advice for a successful relationship, what would it be? Well, I think I've said that. Build your self-esteem. You know, heal any shame or uh, feelings. A lot of people really don't feel that they're lovable. And so that even if someone loves them, they discount it or they find fault or they pull away in different ways or they create arguments. They take things personally when they're not meant that way. Then they react with either attacking or withdrawing and fights escalate. So I think that would be the fundamental thing is like improving your self-esteem and along with that is becoming more assertive so you can ask for what you want. You can express your feelings without blame and without judgment to the other person so they don't get become defensive. Well, great. Well, that's awesome. Conquering, learning how to conquer your shame and and working on your self-esteem. So those are two really great things that I think our listeners can can work on if they're having any issues with their relationship. Yeah, by the way, my book has eight, about 40 pages of exercises and eight steps to healing your shame and learning to love yourself. And that will make you a more loving partner and attract someone who can love you. Because it, it says if... You can't take a compliment, and so you say, oh, well, I don't really look that good or today, or the other person doesn't have good taste, or they're just trying to flatter me, or they really are, you know, want something, they don't really mean it. You do the same way with a partner. You just extrapolate that to the whole relationship. If you don't feel worthy of love, you will find someone who's unavailable or who's abusive or can't give love for many reasons. Well, that's so helpful, and um, that's that's great that our readers will, can check out your book and use some of those exercises. It'd be very helpful. We've really enjoyed hearing all the advice you've given us and our listeners today. So let's finish by having you tell our listeners where they can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Oh, thank you very much. My website is what is codependency.com all written together and I have another website Darlene Lancer that's D-A-R-L-E-N-E L-A-N-C-E-R dot com and I also post every day on Facebook under my name or uh, codependency recovery and there's tips for relationships for uh Recovery with yourself, links to articles, and there's links to my books on my page. If you're active on Twitter, my 
link on Twitter is just my name, Darlene Lancer. Our listeners can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives. And thank you so much for all your generous knowledge and for taking the time to come on our show today. Thank you, and I wish you both the best of luck and uh, your marriage and a lot of happiness for many years to come. Are you interested in learning five ways to improve your relationship on a daily basis? How about five tips for engaged couples or newlyweds? This information and more is our free gift to you when you go to idopodcast.com and subscribe to our mailing list. Thank you so much for joining us today on I Do Podcast. Head on over to idopodcast.com for full recaps of every show, relationship resources, tips, and advice. Your path to a successful and lasting relationship awaits you. Are you ready to create lasting love? listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com